Hello, and welcome to the Learning to Slay the Beast podcast, a resilience podcast where we talk about all the challenging things that we're working to overcome, like anxiety, obesity, health, and relationship issues. My name is Sarah. Hello, today we are going to interview Jenny Tsai, owner and founder of the award-winning tea company, Sipping Streams. Jenny has an extensive background in sports medicine, and she has dedicated herself to finding out the truth of how tea works in the human body and for different people. Jenny is a known tea specialist with the Specialty Tea Institute. Jenny has hand blend teas that have won first, second, and third at the North American Tea Championships and first place for the tea, top tea infusionist competition at the World Expo. In addition to being a best-selling author, she's also written many international articles. Welcome, Jenny, and thanks for joining us during such a busy holiday time. I've seen you on social media and you are looking very busy. Yes, it is Q4, <laughs> the busiest time of year for retail and product-based businesses. <laughs> and I saw that you were visiting uh, the North Pole. Oh, yes, yes. We actually exclusively make all the hot chocolate that the world-famous Santa Claus house serves. And even Santa Claus has come and found me in town. And he really does know everyone. He made sure to tell one of my tea artisans that Santa said hello and knew his name. And I was like, wow, Santa knows everyone and he really uh, enjoys our hot chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Okay. So um, let's get into hearing a little bit more about your background. I noticed already the sports medicine piece, but how did you transition into tea and your company and, and sort of get that interest in tea? So my family has no tea background at all, other than um, I was born in Hong Kong and my father is from China. My, my mom's from Hong Kong and in mainland China, they grow tea. Um, but I grew up actually as a coffee drinker and I actually like the taste of coffee, just straight black coffee. I've been drinking coffee since I was four. But my last year of college, I decided that um, I should just take uh, fast from coffee and caffeine. And so oh, I wow, started yeah. drinking the smaller, the, the cheapest thing on the menu at the coffee shop, because, you know, if you go somewhere, you should still buy something if you're going to hang out and yeah. study there. So about the cheapest thing on the menu, which was tea, didn't know anything about tea at all. And all these people kept walking up to me and saying, Hey, are you drinking tea? Cause you're a trainer or are you drinking tea? Cause you're, you know, into nutrition and everything. I'm like, no, no. <laughs> so I'm drinking yeah. tea. <laughs> I'm drinking tea because it's cheap and I have to pay my student yep. loans back. And I have a very high tolerance of caffeine and it doesn't do anything to me anymore. So I just figured just take a break because it didn't mm -hmm. do anything. I actually didn't get any withdrawal symptoms from cutting caffeine out of my diet or anything. Um, oh, no wow. Headaches, that's amazing. Like, yeah, most people have those kind of symptoms, headaches, crankiness. It was, yeah, I had nothing. And then people were like, oh, are you drinking tea because you're Chinese? Oh, I heard tea does this and that. I heard it cures cancer. And I'm like, mm, I'm not really sure if that's actually factual. But if I come across any research, I'll let you know. <laughs> and 
I had to study a lot of case studies in different um, journals of sports medicine or different publications in school. So I would actually come across case studies on tea, on the Camellia sinensis plant. And so I would start reading them because why not? I'm sitting in the library anyways. And the more that I studied about it, and oh, I was also a double major. So athletic training, which is sports medicine and physical education teaching K through 12. So I was going to be a certified PE teacher too. So oh, wow, cool. the teacher in me was like, oh, I should tell my friends and all these people who ask questions what I learned, right? <laughs> So mm -hmm. that's how my tea journey began, was literally hearing what people would say and then trying to find out the truth of what it actually was, because there's a lot of rumors and myths about a lot of things, you know, out in the world of nutrition and health and wellness that are rumors or myths. Right. So no, for sure. That's how I got into it. But actually, I didn't start my tea company until after my second career of when I was a high school teacher. So as as life took it took me um i was an athletic trainer for a high school and then i was um then i went and i taught english in hong kong and then i came back and then i was a high school teacher but throughout the whole thing people would always say you know so much about tea you should start a tea <laughs> company and i'm like I have yeah no business background <laughs> so. yep Wow. Wow. So yeah, you did it then you were a high school teacher, you did trainer, and then you just kind of decided to go for it. Is that? Well, actually, I worked for a private school. It was a private alternative school. And mm -hmm. there weren't going to be enough kids. I was actually going to visit tea farms in China that summer. Because this whole time, you know, in the back of my head, and all these people were like, you should start a tea company. And I was like, okay, I'll take a vacation. I'll go to mainland China. And I'll go visit some tea farms. So I was already kind of taking some steps of like investigating and kind of dipping my toe into tea, but not really knowing much about it. And as I was handing my airplane ticket to the customer service agent, I got a phone call from one of the parents at this private co-op school that I taught at. And she said, oh, just to let you know, um, I'm going to put your paycheck in your bank account, but you're not going to have a job next year because there's only five oh. kids coming back next year. Five. Oh, no. Yeah. And I was oh, like, wow. okay, you obviously cannot afford another teacher. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. So, I mean, then it was like I sat in my plane seat and I said, I guess this is what I'm doing. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's amazing. So, <laughs> so you mentioned that you've done like a lot of research into some of the health benefits. Can you tell us some of the health benefits in drinking tea? So when I say tea, I mean the Camellia sinensis plant, which makes white, okay. green, oolong, black, and poor tea. So when you talk about different herbal teas, they have different benefits. So okay. just for tea itself, as in like green tea, there are a lot of be benefits and a lot of components. So when you talk about the science of the components of tea and break that down, that's where you get how it works physiologically in your body. So some things that might be components of tea would be their different vitamins, their different antioxidants or flavonoids or polyphenols, whatever you want to call them. There's tons of them in there. Um, 
Other benefits are caffeine, and yes, caffeine would be a benefit too. And um, because it depends on the purpose and the use for it. And then, then there's also L-theanine, which is a very strong, powerful amino acid that calms and relaxes the body. So it's very interesting because the culture of tea or the philosophy or different religions that are around where tea is originally from, like Taoism, Buddhism, the balance of the yin and the yang, the tea plant itself has been used with those religious meditations, believe it or not. Like you would think mm. you'd be amped up on caffeine, but the opposite is true because of the different components that are in the tea plant. The tea plant itself is very balancing in calming and relaxing and then giving energy at the same time. And so mm. when you have those different components of the tea plant, you have increased circulation, if that makes sense, like contraction and um, relaxation, like pumping of circulation in your, in your blood. And that's also where a lot of cardiovascular benefits come from too. Then you also have these different components of the tea plant, which help decrease the adhesion of cholesterol to the artery walls. So it doesn't decrease your uh, cholesterol levels, but it decreases the type of damage that can happen from cholesterol. And then you have these very powerful antioxidants and vitamin K and just chlor chlorophyll, um, things that are very green and like a superfood. So it's very interesting because a lot of people will steer away from caffeine, but at the same time, there are so many other benefits and components to the tea plant that help balance it out in a way. And it really goes back to the culture and the philosophy of these like Eastern Indian Chinese regions who practice the balance of life. It's very fascinating. Yeah, so that and that is more specific to green tea, but then it would be different for each. Um, so the so white tea, green tea, oolong, black and poor tea are all from the same plant, actually. Okay, so that would be for all of them. Oh, wow, it's amazing. Yes, and the only difference is the oxidation. So if you took an apple and a perfectly fine apple and you were to roll it on your counter, you're starting to bruise it from the inside out. Like you haven't broken the skin, but you're bruising it. And you mm -hmm. and you let it sit for a while and you cut that apple open, you'll see that internal bruising. Same thing with the banana. So when the oxygen reacts with the enzymes in, in that apple, it's called oxidation. The same thing happens with the tea leaf. It's how much bruising happens to the tea leaf and how that reacts with oxygen. That changes it from a white tea to a green tea to an oolong black. And then poor kind of goes through a little composting step. So it's a little bit different. That tea is actually has um, microbes introduced into it or hmm. like kind of like kombucha, something that's kind of fermented that and that allows microbes or probiotics to grow in it. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, so what about, yeah. I always hear tons about matcha. How does that fit in? Oh, okay. Matcha, matcha would be like the espresso of tea. So okay. most people... Um, know that tea is good for you, but some people don't realize, depending on the quality of the tea, um, which a lot of like the most, the usual store-bought paper tea bags that you get at the grocery store will usually be the lowest quality tea you can buy. 
Okay. Um, and so there's, there's a huge difference in the grade. The size cuts the quality of the tea. It's called the grade of the tea. But when you get into like much higher quality teas, some or a lot of people don't realize there's actually a lot more caffeine in, um, in the dry form of tea versus coffee, dry form to dry form. But when you get wholer leaf teas, they're not ground into a smaller piece. In fact, teas are not sold ground except for matcha, which has a very, very labor intensive process. So when you drink coffee, you'll get way more caffeine in that first percolation, you know, brewing pour over of the coffee versus tea. But tea, high quality tea, you would re-steep it multiple times, four to six times. But you wouldn't do that with your coffee grounds. Right. Because all the flavor and everything comes out right away. With matcha, it is spring harvested. It is slowly starved of sunlight. So any plant that is stressed, like high grown, um, even high grown coffee or high grown like wine, anything that has like a colder um, kind of environment that's stressed, um, even our Alaskan wild blueberries or our cranberries here have very, very high potencies of antioxidants and, and vitamins in it. And you can taste it in that tartness in it because that plant has been stressed. So the same thing with matcha, but it's man produced stress. It's mm. slowly starved of sunlight. And then it's the first harvesting of the year. So when they pick the tea leaves that have almost like started almost to turn yellow, but it makes that brilliant bright greenness to it, they um, steam dry it, which intacts more of the chlorophyll in it. The way that you dry your tea leaves is either steam or heat dry, like the Chinese dry with heat. Most places dry with heat, like a tumbler, uh, mm. like a like a dryer, like for your clothes or a okay. pan. So steam drying like zaps it. It's almost like flash freezing, but the opposite. So they steam dry it and then tax more of that green umami, chlorophylly, seaweedy flavor in it. And what you're tasting is the chlorophyll in matcha. And then they remove all the stems and the veins from it by, you know, blowing it up, shooting it, um, like some with lasers, cutting up the tea leaves and kind of like getting the impure parts, the, the stems, the veins out of it. So you're no longer um, drinking a tea broth. You're drinking the whole pure meats of the leaf that has been ground into half a micron fine of a powder. That is smaller than a smoke particle. Okay, wow. So when you consume matcha, you instantly receive all of the benefits of consuming the whole pure meats of the leaf. So you're ingesting the leaf instead of drinking tea broth like you would with a regular green tea. So matcha is the most potent out of all the teas out there, mostly because of the way that's grown, produced, and consumed. And so that's where then people really say the health benefits are there. That makes a lot of sense. Because yes, you're getting like essentially the whole 100% of the health benefits because you're eating the leaf in a beverage, essentially, <laughs> like mm -hmm. a tea smoothie kind of. Yeah, yeah. And I've heard people, yeah, in the smoothies as well, even just throw that right in. So kind of similarly to what you mentioned, I recently gave up caffeine. Um, mostly, I, I, I do like it in, for energy, I guess, but I was just struggling so much anxiety-wise, and I've talked that a little bit about it on the show. So then how could we incorporate some of the decaffeinated teas if we're looking not to take on the caffeine, or are there health benefits to those as well? 
Okay, so there's, yeah, there's many different herbals out there that can help with decreasing anxiety. In fact, we have several that we recommend. Um, so when we hand blend all of our teas at Sipping Streams, um, my most important requirement is that it tastes good. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> Growing up Chinese, I've had all kinds of crazy, weird Chinese medicine growing mm -hmm. up. And my grandmother was kind of like the medicine woman in their village. So my mom got to have all kinds of interesting things done to her or had to consume or mm -hmm. bugs or whatever because it was natural. It's like part of their, you know, their culture. So when I was a kid, I was like, I'm never going to make anybody have to drink something that tastes so gross. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. But my parents also are professional chefs. I don't have a culinary background, but I grew up with my parents who have a culinary background. And so we're always big on being foodies. And, and as we see the American culture transform into celebrating food and where food comes from and quality foods and and not just like liking foods that taste good, but understanding that the source of high quality food tastes good. Good things for you are supposed to taste good. That's where I was able to really elevate the different quality of our ingredients for potency, for helping with decreasing anxiety, helping with um, inflammation, like um, decreasing inflammation, things like uh, ulcerative colitis that can also be triggered by stress and anxiety too. Mm -hmm. So one that I highly recommend for decreasing anxiety is lavender. Lavender has a very, um, well, a lot of people use it as essential oils, right? Yeah, for yeah, I've talked about anxiety. that a bit. But yep. there is culinary grade lavender. So if you are going to smell the essential oils, think about consuming it. We're just eating it. We even bake with lavender. We make these lavender cakes. And so if you have high quality lavender, you're not just, you know, absorbing it through smelling the essential oil. Now you're consuming it into your body. And so anytime we have people who say they have issues with anxiety or stress, we highly recommend lavender. And we blend lavender in two different ways. One of them that has our, like one of the top sleep doctors here in the state always sends his customers to us. I should probably write him a thank you card, but I don't really know who he is. <laughs> All of his patients keep coming to our store. Um, but is our chamomile lavender blend. And that's completely caffeine free. And it's not going to make you sleepy. It's not going to make you drowsy. Chamomile doesn't do that and lavender doesn't. What it does is that the lavender brings down the, um, the anxiety and the stress and the chamomile um, has melatonin in it, natural melatonin that our bodies actually naturally create. It's when we go through these cycles of irregular, irregular um, events or times of year or sunlight changing that our melatonin balances kind of struggle a little bit, right? And so yeah, we're definitely having that right now. And I'm in Ontario, Canada, and it's yeah, very short days and all that starting. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, we're about to have like no sunlight here. We're in Alaska. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, 
so melatonin and the chamomile help balance down like when you're going to you know start to calm yourself down and get ready for sleep but not actually make you drowsy so when we have people who have like high anxiety we're like well, you should drink this chamomile lavender it's going to kick in in about 30 minutes and all of a sudden you're going to feel like all your worries just melted away. So we have a lot of insomnia patients that will come to us and we'll start explaining to them like, yes, your sleep doctor said to drink chamomile. Here's our high quality chamomile. May we also suggest this lavender chamomile because the number one reason why people can't sleep is the thoughts in their heads are processing. Like their mind yeah. won't shut off. Yeah. And 100% of the people who come and said, how did you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And oh, so wow. That sounds great decreasing that anxiety really it has a huge impact on being able to even rest just quieting the mind so i tell anyone like if you're having anxiety issues i suggest drinking anything with lavender during the day i'm actually drinking a lavender yerba mate blend we make right now and for those of you who are listening who love yerba mate you know that yerba mate has a lot of caffeine in it mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but at the same time, yerba mate, again, just like the tea plant, has different components in it. And that lavender is like really calming by bringing down the anxiety level. And that caffeine is that underlining um, energy, but it's steady energy because it's not coffee. Now, coffee has different components in it, and that's why it reacts so differently compared to tea. It's not that the the caffeine's different. If you look at the, I used to be a science teacher. So if you look at the molecular structure of caffeine in coffee, it's the same as tea, as your mate. But there's different components that bind to it, that balance it out differently, that coffee does not have. So when I have like, right now I was just doing like three hours worth of bookkeeping and crunching numbers and thinking about my team and my staff and Q4 and what we have to do for production. I need a calm, focused energy. I don't need to freak out right now mm -hmm, <laughs> this time mm -hmm. of year. So I'm drinking this lavender mate because it's going to give me energy. It's going to fill me up with B vitamins. It's going to help me with circulation. And it's also going to bring down anxiety at the same time. So it's a balance of it. Yeah, these sound, these sound really good. They sound like great blends. But yeah, for the number one blend that I would say that's caffeine free and decreases anxiety. I highly, highly recommend the chamomile lavender. All of our teas and our herbal tassans, um, which means it has no tea plant in it, all can be re-steeped up to four times. So when people go, oh, well, how much do I need of this chamomile lavender? I'm like, literally just a little bit because it's really potent because the quality is there. Okay, that makes sense too. So it's you don't need quite as much then. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Okay. And so the other thing that I talk about a little bit with anxiety is kind of the mindfulness piece and, you know, taking time being present different rituals that people can do to in order to be mindful. So any thoughts on how to use tea specifically in either mindfulness rituals or kind of as part of your day? Oh, yeah, definitely. Like tea itself, the tea culture, I have, I have never met like a hot tea drinker ever look like they had to have like an espresso, you know what I mean? Like this mm -hmm, quick mm -hmm. thing. 
Tea takes time when you make it. You got to heat up your hot water. You got to get out your tea leaves or your tea bag. Then you pour the water over it and you let it steep. Or even when you look at the Chinese tea ceremony, the whole thing is all about mindfulness, paying attention to what you're doing. I mean, you can really oversteep and make a good quality tea taste terrible by not paying attention to what you're doing. And yes, there's all kinds of gadgets to help you along, but in the end, the culture of tea makes you slow down. Like, does that make sense? Like, it's, yeah, oh yeah, for sure. It's not an instant to go kind of culture. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. You're not um, just kind of just getting that right fresh out of your coffee pot or whatever, and and then just heading on the road. It's it's definitely a bit of a a bit of a process. And you're right, that does kind of make you slow down. I like that. And and then you're like re-steeping your tea because all of our teas you can re-steep up to four times. So like for me, I have my tea travel mug and I take tea to go with me everywhere. Mm -hmm. But I also like to drink my tea and taste it. And and the, the fact that there are like thousands of varieties out there, you know, like you can instantly just drink any sort of tea. But when you start appreciating what you're drinking, just the act of like realizing what the flavors are that you're drinking starts to introduce those baby steps of mindfulness. I have seen a bunch of people who are not tea drinkers who've, you know, started with us, we've slowly educated them. And now they're like, their lives are totally transformed in like decreased inflammation, decreased anxiety, better focus, higher energy. And it has a lot to do with the holistic approach of tea culture. So just thinking about education, I know you guys are doing a essential immune boosting tea workshop soon. Can you tell us a little bit about that or some of the other education stuff you've been doing online? Oh, yeah. So, well, we definitely teach about mindfulness in there because that is so, so important, not for just making tea properly, but taking the time to make tea. Because if you spend just a little bit of time paying attention to what you're doing, whether it's just five minutes a day, it totally changes your outlook and helps your mind process. So that's one of the things that we still teach in the Essential Immune Boosting Tea Workshop. So our next workshop, this is only the second time we've ever offered it for free. And this will be December 28th and 29th for two days only. It's absolutely free. You can sign up at sippingstreams.com. It's at the very top of the menu and you'll get a workbook and there'll be six different sessions on different teas and what they do for your immune system. Now, we have a lot of people in our university program, which is a very in-depth tea training education program. But we have a lot of members in our university program that started with the immune boosting tea workshop who actually have different autoimmune diseases like rheumatoid arthritis, MS, like things where when you say boost your immune system, it's not necessarily a good thing. Mm -hmm. So I really break down what it means to boost your immune system without over putting your immune system into overdrive for people who have sensitive immune systems. Yeah, absolutely. Because then it can kind of rebound way too much and, and be problematic. Oh, that's really mm -hmm. interesting. I know I was gonna gonna try to take that immune immune boosting. So it's, is it a bunch of little sessions? Or it's the workbook kind of that is mainly that you're taking? So it will, so it comes with the workbook. So when you sign up, you'll get the workbook and it'll be a series of six videos 
Okay. That will last for two days. So it'll, it'll happen throughout the two days um, after Christmas, the Monday and Tuesday. So December 28th and 29th. But some people have to go back to work. Yeah. So yeah. during that week, you'll be able to watch the replays. So you can watch the replays on our private Facebook group, the Sipping Streams Tea Tribe, or you can watch it on YouTube. But you definitely want to sign up because in the emails, we'll be sending you the links for the replays that will be available for the rest of the week. So it'll only be available for access for five days, but my live trainings where you can ask me literally anything. You can ask me about hormone balance, women's health, like literally everything. I've been asked <laughs> everything yeah. I could possibly imagine. Um, but the live videos are great. And I have them at three different times throughout Monday and three different times on Tuesday because everyone's time zones are totally different. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. No, that makes a lot of sense. That sounds really good. And especially for free, you can't, uh, can't beat all of that. That's great. Um, so I kind of thought of a fun question would be, what are your three favorite teas that you like? I know you already mentioned the one that you're sipping right now, the lavender yerba mate, but what, what are your three favorites? So my favorite teas are pretty complex. So the first memory of my grandfather or like the, the most memorable thing that I remember of my grandfather every day when he lived with us in Alaska when I was a child was he would get up, he would do his um, Tai Chi in the morning. My, my grandparents totally practiced mindfulness every single day when I was a kid. So he'd do his Tai Chi, he'd go for his um, walk in the neighborhood, and then he would do the Chinese tea ceremony for himself. And so he would make Kung Fu Cha with um, Ti Kuan Yin Oolong. So that's my favorite tea. My all-time favorite tea is Ti Kuan Yin Oolong. And that reminds me of him because that's the tea that he drank all the time, which I didn't know what tea was when I was a kid. My sister just said, I dare you to drink that weird thing that grandpa keeps drinking at the table. Like, we didn't know what a tea pot was. Yeah. <laughs> it, it wasn't your typical thing that you saw, like this clay Chinese tea ceremony set, you know? Mm -hmm. So I drank it. It tasted great. But when I started getting into tea, I figured out that was the tea that he drank because when I when I tasted it when I was older, I was like, oh, my gosh, this tastes just like grandpa's tea. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm pretty much that's my only tea experience as a child is my grandfather drinking tea. And my other favorite category, sorry, I can't just pick like one, mm -hmm. <laughs> is that's poor okay. tea. Um, poor tea has an amazing history um, from Yunnan province where uh, tea originated from. And so poor is another very, very complex category of teas. You can get teas that um, are super smooth, green, have all this and um history with it, like and history. Like the people in Yunnan have all these different indigenous people and they, they worship the tea plants and they kind of like put the ashes of their ancestors at the tea plants to help them sustain their culture of like hundreds of years like this. And all the different um, tea areas of Yunnan province will totally taste different. Some will taste very vegetal, but it, it's very kind of... Um, woodsy, mossy, musty type of flavor. And you can get some that tastes really light, like a white tea, or you can get some really dark flavored, like a black tea. And it's just an amazing experience. It definitely reflects on mindfulness when you're drinking that kind of tea. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
Oh, it sounds good. And then my third favorite tea is, I don't know. I, <laughs> maybe, I, that's hard to say. I just know those two are my, are my favorites, Top but two. everything else being a tea creator blender. Um, and I source all of our ingredients and I decide all those things. I have to have like a really, um, wide palette on being unbiased. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. So, well, and I'm sure um, if a lot of them are your creations, your hand blends, you, you said they all taste good. So you probably like them all really. <laughs> oh yeah. I, I mean, if anything, I try to find what people are looking for. So when I need to recreate a blend like an orange spice or something like that, because we only sell our brand's tea, um, I will literally go to the store and buy every single option of orange spice there is and then go online and buy a bunch and taste test them all and try to figure out what part of the characteristic of that blend would somebody like and kind of mesh it all together. Oh, wow. So... Very cool. um, it's really fun, though. Uh, I'm not very culinary ta talented like my parents are as far as food goes and dim sum and all of those things. But um, I don't know. I just I like infusions. Um, and oh, I guess another tea beverage that I really like is kombucha. Mm. Yeah, I like it as well. I saw on I think it was your Facebook page. You guys had some like how to's in terms of how to make kombucha. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we have a month long class on kombucha and how to do the second fermentations and how to make them caffeine free, um, how to flavor them, how to use very low sugar. Um, just, yeah, we have three different classes that we offer online. So kombucha culture is one of them. Yeah, and it's becoming so popular. So I'm sure our listeners are just very well now knowledgeable about tea, but also super interested in finding out more about your tea, your company, and all the different blends that you have to offer. So where can they go? And I guess, you know, it's Christmas time. So uh, holidays, shipping wise, wondering if you ship um, into Canada and, and just all of the, the info that you've got on, on sipping streams would be great. Yeah, we, so... If you go to sippingstreams.com, you can find all of our tea selection on there pretty much except for our rare teas that would be very small batches, like limited, like we might only have a kilo of it. So mm -hmm. we won't put those online. Um, but there are literally hundreds of tea options on our website at sippingstreams.com and we ship anywhere in the world. Believe it or not, we have some really high-end customers in China. We even ship mm -hmm. back to China. So That's amazing. Um, but yeah, we can ship to Canada. We're used to doing that. Canada's our neighbor. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, yeah, we, we have lots of sales coming up too. So if you sign up on our email list on our website, you should be able to get a coupon right away, but we'll be doing our Black Friday sale where everything will be 30% off on Black Friday. Oh, that's amazing. I'm sure people will be dying to get in on that. That sounds great. Okay. Well, honestly, I've learned so much today about tea. This is amazing. You have a ton of knowledge when they say a tea specialist, that is exactly what you are. It's, <laughs> it's amazing. Also, um, I'm just thinking people, so you mentioned Facebook page um, and Instagram as well. Yes, yes. So you can find us at face on Facebook under Sipping Streams. That's our handle at Sipping Streams. Um, and then we also have a private Facebook group called the Sipping Streams Tea Tribe. 
And then on Instagram, of course, our handle is at Sipping Streams. Same with Twitter. Amazing. That sounds great. Well, thank you so much for joining us today and taking time out of your busy holiday um, schedule with, with everything that you've got going on. I'm sure our listeners are going to love this info that you've given about tea and um, anxiety and mindfulness and everything. So thank you so much. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you for having me. So thank you so much to Jenny Tsai from Sipping Streams Tea Company. What an amazing conversation all about the health benefits and anxiety benefits to tea. And as she mentioned, you can see more of her products on Instagram, Facebook, and at sippingstreams.com. She also let me know that her products are available on Amazon. And don't forget that they are having a Black Friday sale. Thanks again to Jenny. Thank you for listening to the Learning to Slay the Beast podcast. Please keep in mind this podcast is not intended to be medical or professional advice. If you are looking for that advice, please seek that out from a professional. If you'd like to hear more from me, you can visit my blog, www.theallergybeast.wordpress.com or follow me online at Sarah Lady Gluten on Instagram, S-A-R-A-L-A-D-Y-G-L-U-T-E-N, or the Facebook page, Sarah-Lady Gluten. If you do like the podcast, please consider subscribing so that you will get the podcast update every week and or reviewing the podcast on whatever platform you listen to. Thanks again and have a great week.